0: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord everybody. It is good to be in the house of the Lord, as they say in the land of the living. We're so thankful to God for all that he has done for us, for each and every one of you who's taken time out of your Sunday morning to spend it with us here at Grace and Mercy Fellowship Center, whether it be physically, or through technology. We appreciate your presence, your attention, and we're looking forward to a visitation from the Holy Spirit as He inhabits the praises of His people, where two or three are gathered together in His name. He is there in their midst. So we're believing by faith now the manifestation of His Word that where you are, the Lord already is, because foundational to this series of lessons that we've been in is that you are now in the earth, who he is in heaven. So we're thankful for the very presence, the very power, and the authority of God in our lives. Kind of been a crazy uh, few weeks, crazy month, Whether it's the weather and all the snow, as some would say, it's the winter. It's supposed to snow. So really, all the snow on the ground is not abnormal, but it's normal for the time of year or the season that we are in. However, we've become more comfortable with not as much snow. But we're thankful to the Lord, understanding that every season has its purpose. Every season is necessary for the next season to be introduced and while we are thankful for God's grace in the season we are in, we are excited about the season that is to come, just as we are excited for winter to be over. Now, I know that those that tune in from the West Coast, uh, in, in most of the state, I know the northern part of the state gets to enjoy some snow, but for the most part of California, you don't get to see all this white stuff. You don't get to enjoy. 10 degree or negative degree weather. Let me, let me share something with you. You ought to come visit a cold state every once in a while so you can appreciate better the warmth of where you're at. Hallelujah. I want to um, continue in the vein that we've been in uh, talking about the identity or the true identity of the believer under this series that we are in, Uh, my true self. Uh, We are living in a time where our very identity is under attack and because our identity is under attack it's affecting our ability to function in who we truly are and we're finding ourselves short-circuited and not being able to properly or fully access everything that's connected to who we are simply because some of us don't know who we are Some of us have an idea of who we are but we don't have that full revelation yet so we get bits and pieces. It's almost as if you uh, have one of those old style TVs where you have to keep moving the antenna to get a clear signal. Sometimes it's right there and you can get the picture and then sometimes you have to go adjust that antenna just a little bit to get that picture to be clear again because it starts getting fuzzy. And we've spent a lot of time over the past few months talking about our identity, it's important. I've shown you in scripture who we truly are and how you can apply this knowledge to, uh, of your true self to your right now reality so that you can access your right now real power and real authority, not something that's to come but something that is in existence in you right now. There's an important component to our understanding and it is connected to our mind. And I want to spend some time talking about both our physical and our spiritual mind. Because it is in the mind that these concepts are going to be uh, understood. You see, the mind is the aspect of, inte- uh, of intellect and consciousness as experienced combinations of thought, perception, memory, emotion, will, and your imagination. It includes all unconscious cognitive processes. The term mind is often used to, re- to refer by implication to the thought processes of reason. You see thought is a mental process which allows individuals to model themselves or the world so that they can deal with it effectively according to whatever their established goals, plans, or desires are. Words referring to similar concepts and processes include cognition, idea, and imagination. You see, thinking involves the cerebral manipulation of information as when we form concepts, engage in problem-solving, reasoning, and making Each and every decision. Thinking is the higher form of cognitive function. And it is the analysis of thinking processes which is part of cognitive psychology. It's a lot that the mind is connected to as related to your ability to not only function but to relate to who you are, to who others are, and to the world in which we live. God has over time released many revelations to us about the journey that we have taken into the kingdom of God, things such as healing and prosperity and faith and understanding, which are all essentially parts of himself. But there is a specific revelation from God which is uh, essential to end-time movement or the end-time pouring out of himself upon all flesh so that the kingdom of God can prevail against the kingdom of our, our enemy. Ephesians 6 and 12 says this, "...for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places." The church is in conflict with the forces of evil, specifically the power of secular humanism. You see, humanism is the abandonment of God and the need of people to possess faith. Science and human reasoning are now the new standards and have become the new belief system. If you paid any attention to the recent elections as it dealt with the COVID uh, crisis, one of the things that was constantly said is every decision that will be made by the new political power in play is it will be based, those decisions will be based upon the science. They're functioning and looking and making their decisions solely On the science. But humanism is an abandonment of God. Science and human reasoning are this new standard. And because it is the new standard, truth has become subject to everyone's interpretation. God is no longer necessary to establish a basis or a bright line, as they say, for truth or reality. Now, this type of thinking is guided without God, without His Word, and because it's devoid of God and His Word, it leads to an open door for the enemy to enter. It will jade the mindset of people to what is true in the eyes of God. It removes moral restraint, it allows for the creation of standards without any consideration. Of anyone else but yourself. The issue at hand here is the elimination of the need of faith. As God has shown me, faith is fundamental and it is a fundamental element of our righteousness. And without faith, there can be no hope. Without hope, there is no morality. Turn with me in the Word of God to the book of Proverbs, the 14th chapter and the 34th verse where it says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So God instructed me to release this revelation to his people in its fullest form and teach his people this principle of living so that his people can stop being last and begin living out first. Stop being borrowers and become the lenders that he intended you to be. There are gifts that are lying dormant inside many of us just waiting for an awakening of this truth so that we can become the sons and daughters of God. And the earth has been waiting and groaning for your very manifestation. But herein lays the key. This is the foundation from which I will build this concept dealing with the mind today. Today. For as he thinketh, this is connected to the mind. Remember, thinking is the process of uh, analyzing or manipulating information. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23 and 7. This is directly connected to our identity, understanding who we are, manipulating in our mind the process of, of what it all means to us for as he thinketh in his heart so is he this principle will determine the very outcome of every other element of your life now before we begin to examine this foundational principle today i have to first take you back to the beginning where it all started and progress through this until we arrive at our proper destination, and conclusion. As my dear friend, uh, Elder Sean Marshall, likes to say, we're going on a journey. We're going to take a trip. We are going somewhere. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis 1, through 27, I'm building the framework for this idea that I'm releasing into your thought life. And God said, let us make man in our image... After our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Lastly, Genesis 2, 21 through 25. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Understand this point once and for all. You were not created by accident through some primordial ooze due to the happenstance of molecules passing by and then bumping into one another man was created by the word of God and woman was formed out of that creation by God let me make it plain Dr. Quander Wilson wrote a book we were created by design and it could not be farther from the truth that is the exact point that we have to understand it doesn't matter the circumstances surrounding the inception of your birth. It doesn't matter what happened prior to your arrival. What is the truth is whatever the circumstances might be that brought you to be, you were created by design. You were created Every atom, every molecule, every proton, every neutron, every electron, every gene, every portion of your DNA, and all the basic elements that were ever discovered uh, by science that determines human life uh, came into being by the Word of God. God spoke, and the power of His Word formed and created man. You see, there's no question in my mind where I come from, how I came to be, and whose breath it is that is flowing through my lungs. I was created by God as a man full of his glory with dominion, authority, and power. In truth, I am not weak because he has made me strong. I'm never alone because he is always with me. I'm not stupid because his spirit has taught me. I'm a child of God, created in his image and after his likeness. I am a member of the royal family. I am a citizen in a great kingdom. I am an heir of Christ. I am that I am, because I am dwells in me. If you believe this, you ought to just look at your neighbor sitting next to you on your couch and give them a high five and tell them, I am what God has created me to be by design. The problem that many of us are facing is many in the world are confused about who they are. And unfortunately, because of the diet that has been fed to the church by the uh, the, the uh, teachers and preachers of the gospel, many in the body of Christ are also confused about who they are. Humanism... Is teaching us that we define our own identity. You wonder why some men can believe that they were born gay or they were born male, but they were supposed to be born female instead of male, so they go about trying to recreate themselves as female. There's a sickness that has corrupted the very truth of their existence, and it has stolen the truth of their true identity. You see, their mentality has been infiltrated with a spirit whose only purpose is to rewrite their original genetic coding into something other than truth, which is they are the image of God. The carnal nature has corrupted the very image of their true selves, which in turn degrades the truth that they were made in the image of God. So the lie of who we are has been clouded and the truth of who we are is being fueled by the carnal nature of man rather than our regenerated nature after Christ. This is why we have spent so much time over the last couple of months talking about our identity We continue to live lives filled with sorrow because we have believed of ourselves what is in contradiction to the truth. I know who I am. I am a man bought with a price full of God's very glory that he may be revealed in me. I am who God has made me to be. In my case, I'm a bishop in the gospel, a preacher in my own right a son of the living God. I am the very manifestation of God in the earth. As I died in baptism, and what came out of the water was not my former self, but it was a vessel which now holds the excellency of the power of God that no man can boast. And the life I now live, I live through the power of Jesus Christ. You see, I've been regenerated, as I said last week. Jesse is dead, and Jesus is alive in me. You ought to give God some glory, because what I've declared about myself is also true of you. You have to understand this point. God held a very special meeting, and out of that meeting came the creation of man. So man was born. This is the first birth. And in this birth, we were created in his own image. No other created thing was created in the image of God. Only man was created in the image of God. God is perfect. So the creation of man was made just like himself, perfect. This refers to the original creation of man. So when God first created man, man was created just like God, in perfection, without any flaw, without any defect whatsoever. We had a perfect body, a perfect mind, perfect health, and perfect intelligence. Man knew no sickness. Man knew no disease. Man endured no accidents. And we had no inability to learn. We experienced no pain and no suffering. We sensed no alienation, no emptiness, or loneliness. We never shed a tear of sadness, sorrow, or grief. And above all, we were free of sin and corruption, free to live forever and never to die. God is light, full of glory and brilliance. So then we too were created and clothed with this very glory. God is holy, sinless, righteous, pure, and moral. So we too were created holy, sinless, righteous, pure, and moral. A distinctive creation unlike all else created. God is love, so we too were created as creatures of love. God is a spirit that lives eternally. We too were created As spirits, immortal beings who will live forever in one place or another. This is who we are. When God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, God was showing man to be the crowning glory of his creation. And a being that embraces all the dignity and the nobility of his mind. The being that towers high and far above all other created things. The being that was purposed to master and control, to have dominion of all his creation, and was given phenomenal power and authority to fulfill his created purpose. This is who we were in our original state. This is the result of the meeting that God had with himself. Now, the part of the story that most of us don't like but can relate to the fall of Adam, which causes the original creation to become corrupt and defiled. During this fall of creation, a change took place as a result of God's judgment against the sin of Adam. Here enters a turn from perfection into imperfection. The issue at heart here is this. During this time the hearts and minds of mankind began to change due to the influences of Satan. Satan started in the garden with Eve and eventually Adam, but he has continued throughout time influencing the minds of mankind. The true battlefield is in the minds of men over the hearts of men. The first element of destruction is to not know your identity. Yes, Adam fell, and so sin enters the world. But we have a great hope and assurance through Jesus that we are no longer estranged from our God, but rather God has reinstated our true heritage through Jesus, thus reestablishing our true identity in him. I am now no longer identified as a fallen vessel, but now I have been identified or re-identified as one that bears the full glory of God. Second Peter 1 and 4 declares, whereby are given unto us exceeding and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You see, Jesus Christ is the Messiah of the divine nature, or the new regenerated man. We must make uh, uh, take note of these words: exceeding great and precious promises that have been given to us. You see, the promises are those that have to do with the divine nature of God, the divine nature that has been planted within the heart of us who believe in Jesus Christ. When you believe in Jesus, God sends the Holy Ghost to take up residence in you. God places within your heart and mind and spirit His own divine nature and makes you a new creature and a new man. You are actually born again spiritually. You will actually become a partaker of the divine nature of God through the presence of God's Holy Spirit. You have been regenerated. You have been made new again. You have been shed from the things that corrupted you and restored to the perfection that is in Christ Jesus. It's because of this reestablishing of your true nature in creation through Jesus that you escape the corruption or the judgment of God that is in the world. You are going to live eternally, for the divine nature of God can never die. When it is time for you to depart this life quicker than the blink of an eye, your spirit is transferred into heaven, into the very presence of God himself then since we have escaped this corruption that had infiltrated our minds through the fall of Adam, through the process of the rebirth, then we have become free from the constraints of the natural man, for we are no longer bound in the weakness of this flesh, but have become empowered by the Holy Ghost to bring glory to God through the works of God in and through us. This is what John says. In the third chapter, starting at the third verse, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You see, Jesus is teaching us the necessity that we be born again or remade in such a fashion that the flesh no longer has dominion over us but the spirit or the divine nature is the dominating influence and power in our life. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, what happens? He is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So we must become a new creation in Christ. Old things have to pass away. And all things have to become new. This is not just in the actions of man, but inclusive in the nature of man. The very thing that pushes man. You see, when, when people uh, see other people do things, they identify those actions with their nature. When we look into the animal kingdom and you see an animal attack another animal, a human being, we say that that is in their nature. It is their nature to do that. In fact, some animals, they tell you, you cannot domesticate them. In other words, make them live at peace in human confines because that is something against their nature. They will always fall back to their nature and attack. You look at some of the movies lately. When all order is lost and chaos reigns, it shows man resorting back to man's carnal nature And the carnal nature of God is, I'm first, and to you know where with everyone else. Colossians 3 and 10 says that we have to put on the new man, which is renewed, watch this, in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So our knowledge has to be renewed in him. When re, R-E, precedes a word, it shows that something had already been done and is now being done again. What was stolen from us, which is our identity in the creator, is now being put back into our thinking, into our understanding, into our wisdom, and into our knowledge. We are now returning to a place of dominion. If I were a surgeon and entering the operating room, all suited up and ready to go, but i forgotten that I was a surgeon, only knowing that I was in an operating room, I would be standing around waiting for, I don't know, the surgeon maybe to enter the room, while all the other people in the room, the patient, the nurses, and the orderlies uh, uh, are staring at me, waiting for me to proceed with the Surgery because I am the surgeon who has already entered the room when I came in. But if we do not understand who we are in Christ, we cannot be free in these natural bodies. We cannot function in the truth of who we are. Jesus came to make us free so that we can again see our true heritage in Him. Who is your mother? Your father, your brother, your sister, only those who do the will of the Father in heaven. They are your brethren. Herein lies the problem within our thinking. Ephesians 4 and 18. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Let me unpack this for a minute. Many of us are not free because we are ignorant to the true knowledge of who we are in Christ and our true nature in him. Now the word ignorant is a 14th century word meaning destitute of knowledge or lacking knowledge or comprehension of a certain thing. Let me set things right with this uh, by the power of God. First and foremost, stop listening to the devil as he attempts to define you based on your history. Remember that a history is only reflective of the person telling the story or better describing his story. John eight and forty four declares he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. you see everything that the devil has told you from the foundation of your understanding has been a lie. he is a deceiver of men, a seducer of your heart with only one goal: he wants to destroy your body, your soul and your spirit. This is why you have to be careful engaging in conversation with the craftiness of the enemy who his only purpose is to deceive you of the truth. But herein lies the truth. Romans 8 and 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You see, this passage speaks of not only what is to come, but what is being done in you right now. The Spirit of Christ quickens the mortal body in the future, in the day of redemption, and in your right now. This is why when I begin to understand my identity, I stop referring to myself as a sinner in need of a Savior. Because when I found the Savior, I ceased to be a sinner. I became in that very instant uh, the redeemed of the Lord. uh, One that has been purchased back. One that has been regenerated. One that has been made new. I am no longer who I used to be, but I am now who he is. Hallelujah. You see, this passage talks to us about the quickening, the redemption in our right now. Let's break this down just a little bit. The word quicken from the Greek word means to make alive, to give life, to cause to live, to renew or remake life. So when then we see that we are made alive through Jesus, we have to come to the understanding that it didn't just stop there. It wasn't about giving us life eternal. It was about returning us or reconnecting us to our true identity so that we can enjoy our true heritage. Romans 8, 15 through 21. Watch this. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God for the creature was made subject to vanity not willingly but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of god now that word adoption, adopt is a 15th century word from the Middle English that is a transitive verb or a word of action. Its meaning is to take a, take by choice into a relationship. So the Spirit of God has adopted you or taken you by choice into relationship with Him. The Spirit of God saw you and made a conscious cognitive thought that It wanted to take you by choice. It chose you specifically and identified you with himself and brought you into right relationship with him. There are two very important things that you have to understand. I'll give you these and then I'll get out your way. I'm not going to be able to finish this today. Be here next week and I'll finish it next week. But the Spirit of God delivers or sets us free from a a, a very terrible spirit. And this terrible spirit is identified as the spirit of bondage. Before we can understand freedom, we have to truly understand what bondage is. Bondage is a 14th century word from the Middle English, meaning servitude or subjugation to a person or a controlling force or power. What is the bondage? The bondage that we are in is the fear. Fear is an unpleasant and often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. We have been seized by the bondage of fear, usually experiencing apprehension, anxiety, tension, dread, alarm, danger, or even terror. We have been sensing some subjection, some enslavement to some form of fear. The one spirit which with On which all men are familiar is the spirit of fear. Now the Holy Spirit has delivered you from the bondage of fear. How? By adoption. Now that you are back in right relationship with Him by His choice, the Spirit of God gives you access to His presence. We have access to God because we have been adopted as sons and daughters of God. You see, if you look into this passage of Scripture, the Spirit is called the Spirit of Adoption. Adoption is such a significant work of the Holy Ghost that it is called the Spirit of Adoption. We receive the Spirit of Adoption and the wisdom or the consciousness, the awareness, the knowledge that because I am adopted, I am now a child of God, We are the children of God. As a child, we have privilege in our sonship or daughtership, especially the privilege of access, of entering the very presence of God anytime in any place. As a matter of fact, we never leave the presence of God. It's this wonderful privilege that enables us to break the bondage of fear and to conquer the spirit of fear. That no matter what we face today, we are able to enter the presence of God, to lay our trouble before God, to cry out to God as our Father for his help, and to know that God will come to the aid of his adopted children because he specifically picked you. It's like that commercial, I think it's an insurance commercial, and they got Shaquille O'Neal and then a bunch of little kids, and they got two other kids that that are going to pick their basketball teams, and they said it's as easy as this, and the first kid picks Shaquille O'Neal, and Shaquille's bouncing around, I told you I was going to be picked, I told you I was going to be first because the choice was very simple well god made this simple for you he chose you so you could choose him romans 5 1 and 2 therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of god we are connected to God because he chose us. My identity is wrapped in the fact that he picked me. You ought to look at your neighbor and say he picked me. We have to also be reminded that the spirit bears witness with our spirit. The spirit bears witness to three magnificent legitimacies. You see, there's a lot of illegitimate things out there, but I want you to understand that there are three legitimate things that we are connected to. The Holy Spirit bears witness that we are the children of God. You are no longer an illegitimate child, but you are a legitimate child of God. You see, illegitimate means that you don't really have a rightful connection to the heritage or the things connected in relationship to a name. But because you are no longer illegitimate, you ought to tell your neighbor, you're not an illegitimate child anymore. You are made legitimate because the Spirit of God has legitimized you. It quickens your heart. It causes you to reach the stage of gestation, at which point we are able to feel fetal motion in our process of being born again with the perfect knowledge and the complete confidence that I am now a legitimate child of God. This is how the scripture proclaims this the spirit is the seal or the guarantee. We are the children of God. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Number two, the Holy Spirit bears witness that we are heirs of God. If God is truly our Father, if we are no, now no longer illegitimate but made legitimate, then we inherit what he possesses. Well, what does he possess? What is it that my inheritance is? Well, if I look at the word, I find that I'm an heir to eternal life. In Titus 3 and 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of what? Eternal life eternal life is mine. We are heirs of the promises made to Abraham. That is the promise to inherit the world and to become the citizens of a great nation of people. The heirs of God shall inherit a great kingdom, that is, the new heavens and the new earth. Romans 4, 13 through 16. For the promises that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. And the promise ...made of none effect, because the law worketh wrath, for uh, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to only that which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So you see that we are the seed of Abraham and the seed of Abraham is not a seed based on race or ethnicity or genealogy, but it is a seed based upon faith. What you believe. Galatians 3 and 29. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed? And if you are his seed, it says that you are an heir according to the promise we are also heirs of his glory. Ephesians one and eighteen: The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Colossians one and twelve: Is giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We are inherent, we are uh, connected to God, and because we are connected to God, identified with God, in right relationship with God, chosen by God, having access to God, we are heir to everything that God possesses. Lastly, the Holy Spirit bears witness that we are joint heirs with Christ. So now that we're beginning to understand who we are, God has started that healing process in your mind. Before the physical body can be healed, your mind has to be healed first because what you believe determines what you are. You see, today's ideology declares there are no absolute truths. Truth is abstract. Truth is subject to interpretation. There is always more than one truth. This gives way to pluralism and diversity, uses whatever rationale it needs to justify its own cause. Today's ideology is a smokescreen to distort or to distract the very existence of truth in Scripture. New Age thinking is a scheme designed to arrest the knowledge of the power held in the name of Jesus. Opinion has become greater than truth. Human thought and our creative imagination have taken a fundamental position against truth and faith in God. Psalms 1, 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You see, we are creatures of habit. God's desire is to be intimately involved in the daily activity of our ex- uh, existence. But postmodern thought dismisses God from daily activity in our lives. This idea starts the process of separation which ends in divorce. Our thought life must be deliberate, uh, must be deliberate in its involvement with God. In our daily existence, education is essential in the expansion of the mind to its maximum potential. When we regulate our thoughts to the truths and promises of God, we enable the divine nature that has been implanted in us from the creation of man to maximize its potential. You ought to dare to believe beyond what you can see. We have to establish practices to grow into your potential. You have to establish practices to grow into your potential. You see, our earthly activity must not be misaligned with the kingdom's agenda. We must practice daily devotion to God to assure our proper process of thoughts there must be a deliberate attempt to gather our mind and direct our thoughts toward God. The activity of the world will consume your thought life if you allow it. Proper thought is everything to establishing disciplines which safeguard your thoughts against the spirit of lawlessness which is capturing this age. Romans 8, 5 through 8. You ought to tell your mind that it's under new management. The management of your thoughts is essential to a balanced mind. Many of us are walking around unbalanced, and the unbalanced mind will be aimlessly driven by the influences of the world. This whole age is designed to influence behaviors in mankind. The farther away from God this age gets, the more destructive the influences are becoming, and the more acceptable immoral things have taken root in our culture. It is the plan of the devil to emulate God, to put to corrupt uh, his very emulation. The devil will still use the principles of God's word against you because he knows God's word has power. When God wanted you to come to an understanding about him, he would have to get you to ingest the experience so it could take up root in your thinking. Experience leads to thought. Psalm 34 and 8 O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Experienced leads to thought. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Experienced. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Thought. You see, the problem is, is that what we think is based on what we eat. Uh, our mind's eye or our spiritual vision is based on our consumption. If you eat doubt, and you're, you're going to end up seeing doubt. You're going to be very doubtful. If you uh, eat scary stuff, you're going to see scary stuff. The body of Christ is so confused right now because their diet is all messed up. Uh, they don't know what it is they want to do. Uh, I, I've said this before to the church— uh, The body of Christ has the prayer of Jabez in one hand and left behind in the other. They don't know if they want to possess the land or get out of the land. The people of God are suffering right now and can't find peace because its food or its influence is not fresh or scriptural. You see, the principle of the kingdom is taste and see that the Lord is good. So whenever God wants you to see something, he has to get you to taste or experience something that, so that what I eat uh, or I experience has something to do with what I see. So Saul is going to be anointed by Samuel. He goes to his house and he feeds him the shoulder. It's a representation that the government uh, was going to be upon his shoulders. That's the experience uh, of the revelation. When Elijah is by the river Cherith, God sends the ravens, to feed him. Raven is an unclean, it's a devouring, scavenging bird. It speaks of the fowls of the air, unclean spirits, because God is showing him that he was going to cause even his enemies to bring stuff to him. When Israel was in the wilderness, God fed them with manna because he wanted them to experience something. But when they were getting ready to cross over, God told Joshua, tell the people to get their food together because they can't eat this old manna The old experience on the other side, a new experience. When they crossed over the Jordan, the manna ceased. It ceased. Hallelujah. It ceased. Why did it cease? Because you can't eat this old manna on the other side. Because they were going to come out of being maintained... And they were entering into a harvest. The mentality or the thought process, the cognitive processing of thought, of being maintained, is different than the cognitive process of thought connected to enjoying harvest. The problem with us is we keep eating non-scriptural manner. We keep eating stuff that we already know in reality, not what we know in truth. We keep hanging on to things that keep us in infancy because we have not managed properly the balance of things entering our mind. When you are in infancy, you have to have milk. As a newborn baby, you desire the sincere milk of the word. But when you come into a level of learning, you get daily bread. But if you're ever going to come into maturity, See, if you're ever going to come off the milk and come off the bread, you're going to have to eat the meat of the word of God. It's going to have to stop being about me and rather become about him. See, the control of our thought life has to become a priority. You have to control your thought. Psalm 119, 30. 40 says, This I have chosen the way of truth, thy judgments have I laid before me. I have stuck into thy testimonies, O Lord. Put me not to shame. I will run the way of thy commandment when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statute, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, let me just give you this one more scripture. Philippians 4, 6 through 9. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You see, your thought life translates into your physical life. Your mind must experience the regeneration of the Holy Ghost each and every day. Your mind must be refreshed daily in the knowledge of Christ and in the truth of God's Word for your life. You see, the unrenewed mind is easily snared into the traps set by the enemy. A stagnant mind becomes routine. It becomes predictable. It becomes mundane. Science teaches us that molecules are always moving. Just as the mind is always processing thoughts, the issue comes in the direction of movement and the speed of the movement. The molecules in water appear to be still in a pond, therefore they show no movement. However, what is true is the molecules are moving, but they have no direction and no speed, so they give the appearance of no movement. We see in this this type of stagnation the signs of junk. However, the flowing Colorado rivers' molecules have direction. They have speed. Thus, they have set the boundaries of their existence and formed the Grand Canyon rather than the pond, which is defined by the boundaries of its edges, never allowing for movement beyond them. We, as the children, have been made free and are no longer subject to the boundaries of this life, insomuch that we have power to form a grand canyon even out of the most stubborn of materials. God told me to tell you from his word Ephesians four seventeen through 32 This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of the heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work on cleanness with greediness but ye have not so learned Christ if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness wherefore putting away lying speaking every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be ye angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath neither give place to the devil let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor with working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth let no for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish I had the time to finish this. I wish I had the time to finish this. I'm just going to stop right there. I know that I've put a lot out there. A lot for you to digest. A lot of information for you to manipulate In your mind so that as you process this information it can change your heart because when your heart begins to identify or connect with your true identity is when you'll see doors begin to open for you you'll see the very working of God's power as something real in your life when you accept the fact that you are legitimate, you are not illegitimate, you are legitimate, an heir connected to the promise that Jesus himself is alive in you, you'll see your life now begin to change and you'll enjoy the ability to have dominion over all creation. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. And we look to see you next week.